Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to preach a message this morning out of verse 28 of Matthew chapter 11 with the subject, Come unto me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray every heart is open to receive your word this morning. And that as they receive your word, Lord, they'll begin to see more of you and less of everything else. They begin to get their faith focused on you and what you have done for us to make all of this possible. And I mean heaven, and I mean blessings, and I mean everything. Everything you have promised, Lord, can be received by faith. So I ask that you build our faith and let it be done for your glory and in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Now this message that I'm preaching today comes out of, just like every message, comes out of very stressful situations, comes out of, um, you know, some bad occurrences or whatever. You wonder why the Lord allows us to go through bad things. He allows us to go to bad, through bad things to build our faith, not to destroy our faith. He wants to build our faith, but we don't know if we have faith or not until we're faced with situations that require faith. Like with the disciples, it was the storm in the middle uh, of the Sea of Tiberias. And all down through the ages, there's a storm, there's persecution. Paul suffered many persecutions. But through each one of them, God delivered him, and through each one of them, he grew closer to the Lord and believed the Lord more. Every time he was beaten. Yet, when things don't go right for us, we whine and cry and moan and complain. And we talked about murmuring before. When things are not going right, we have two options. Give it to Jesus and praise him for the trial and tribulation we're going through or murmur, complain, and whine about it. Sometimes I think we give Satan more credit for working in our lives than Jesus who wants to work in our lives through complaining about our circumstances. Literally, the Bible tells us when we enter into these circumstances, we are to praise God as if we're on the mountain, even though we're in the valley. So what I want to preach today is a word that will help you to focus on what you need to focus on during trials, tribulations, but also as God is pouring out his blessings on you, right? I mean... I, I love this scripture in the Bible as I love all scriptures, but this one helps me to declare. It helps me to explain what faith really is. And, you know, when you start at, at the beginning, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That, that's an invitation to everybody. You know as well as I do 
you labor at times, and you're heavy laden or loaded down. Loaded down with trials, with problems, with issues of life. Just load it down. Sometimes you just want to scream, it gets so bad. You know what I'm talking about, you've been there. Those are times that we need to then turn to the Lord and turn to the Lord for solutions because he's the one that can solve our problems. He's the only one we should turn to. We don't need to turn to psychiatrists. We don't need to turn to counselors. We don't need to turn to the world for their answers. You don't need to look it up on YouTube. You need to get on your knees and look to heaven and find in Jesus the answer to your question, the solution to your problem. That's what you need, okay? But here's the problem with faith today, and it's been misdirected by Satan because he's really good at doing this. He did it during the ministry of Jesus. Jesus in the wilderness fed 5,000 people, and it says besides women and children, so there are a lot more than 5,000 people there. Say it's a, a man with his wife, and two children. Well, all of a sudden, now it, it, it's like 20,000 people. Well, he fed them. He then gets in the ship, and he goes to the other side of the lake. They find him. I mean, they're like chasing him down, but then he corrects them. He said, the reason you're following me is because I gave you bread. Because I wrought a miracle for you, and I fed you. That's why you came to me. But have you come to me for the real reason? Because why should we go to Jesus? Because he's who we need. Understand this. I think Christians have their faith diluted when they start reaching out to God every time they got a problem for a solution. Okay? You're sick. So what's the solution? Healing, right? Wrong. You can't pay your bills, so you need a financial blessing, right? So you're praying for a financial blessing, right? Wrong. We're praying for the wrong things. You can pray for those things. That's okay. But see, we have turned to use God to receive blessings and help instead of turning to God to receive God. Think about what I'm saying. That's what Jesus was trying to tell these people who followed him because he, he could always provide for them blessings, right? We in the church have turned our faith to seeking blessings instead of seeking the blesser. Seeking what God can give rather than seeking who God is. And there is our problem. He doesn't say, come unto the healing. He doesn't say, come unto the blessing. He doesn't say, come unto the deliverance. Come unto the salvation. Come unto the, the justification. Come unto the sanctification. He doesn't say those things. He says, come unto me. Come unto me, all you who are, are heavy laden. You labor. And what, what are they laboring to do? Laboring to get things from God. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be laboring to get God. Get God in our lives. Develop our relationship to know him better and to serve him more. That's what we should be doing. 
I want to get into that because actually the reason I like this scripture so much is there are definitions of what Christianity really is in here. Come unto me. Why do we go to him when we need a blessing? Because he's the one who blesses. So if you got Jesus, guess what you have? You have the blessing. If you have Jesus, you have the healer. So you have the healing, okay? When we seek for the healing without seeking for the healer, then we have lost our way. Our focus is wrong. Remember, Christianity should never be listed in, in that long list of religions because it is not a religion. You know what religion does? Religion makes you labor for something God gives you for free. Religion is just laboring for something, working for something. Okay, God, I went to church every day for a whole year. What do I get? But people really think that way, whether they say it or not. Whether they even realize they were thinking that way, they think that way. Okay, Lord, I read the whole book of Genesis. God's going to bless me because I read the whole book of Genesis. He's not going to bless you because you read the whole book of Genesis. But hopefully out of the book of Genesis, you found faith in a God can, who can work miracles and deliver you from your enemies. But once again, the key is in God. In God, in God, we must trust. We must realize that Christianity is not a religion. Because if we treat it like one, and we can, it turns into something that's heavy laden. It loads you down. That's what religion does. But Paul said, anyone who comes to Jesus, he makes you free. He makes you free. You can shout. You can praise God. You can tell the whole world about Jesus. Why? Why? Well, let me give you an example of that. I love telling a story because it's, it's so indicative of the truth. Many years ago, there was a person who would travel throughout this country, and uh, he, put, he would put on plays, okay? He was an actor. He would uh, put on plays, and he was a great thespian. He, he, he knew how to speak. He knew how to address a crowd. This man, at the end of every one of his shows, would get up and recite the 23rd Psalm. Every one of them. And of course, he would do it with that theatrical uh, kind of presentation, right? Well, one day he went to this certain town, and there was a lady that approached him before the play started and said, I know that at the end of all of your plays, you say the 23rd Psalm. She says, can I say it this time? He says, well, do, <laughs> do you have any, uh, I mean, speaking background? Do you have any acting experience? Do you normally speak to crowds? And she says, no. She says, but can I please? Can I please say the 23rd Psalm? And he says, okay, you know, probably pretty sarcastically. 
I'll let you do it. Probably pretty smug. That she won't do half as good at reading that psalm as he did. So at the end of the play, true to his promise, he points her out. She stands up and she reads the 23rd psalm. By the time she's at the end of that psalm, everybody was in tears. And this actor was perplexed. With all my experience of speaking, I never got that reaction from anyone. So he approaches her and he asks her, how did you do that? She says, well, it's pretty simple. It's really easy if you want to understand. He goes, no, 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 tell me. He says, you know the psalm. I know the author. You know the psalm. I know the author. Don't you know that's what Christianity is all about? It's about knowing the author. It's about knowing him personally, intimately, so that you know what you say to him in prayer gets through, and you know him because he responds to you. You know him on a personal level. See, Christianity is the only one of what people call religion that's not dependent upon how good we are or what we do. It's dependent upon Jesus and what he's done. Right? For example, you need healing. The Bible says, by his stripes you are healed. Huh? By his stripes you're healed. Not by your prayer, although you need to pray because you, you're going to, in your prayer, tell God, I believe that Jesus healed me by his suffering. By his stripes I'm healed. Right? That's the way you do it. How about salvation? Salvation is the same way. Through the blood of Jesus, we have received eternal life. Not through going to church, reading our Bibles, and praying. All those things are necessary, but not if they're placed above your relationship with God. And not if they're trying to be used to get something from God when you're not interested in getting God. So if your focus will become getting Jesus, guess what? You got the healer, so you have healing. You got salvation because you got the Savior. You got deliverance because yeah, he's the deliverer. You got peace because he's the Prince of Peace. Huh? That's what this is talking about. Come to him. He'll make your burden light. What, what's he talking about? Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? A yoke is something that is placed on a couple oxen as they work. They'll like pull the plow or whatever they need to do. Right? That yoke basically is keeping that team together. That yoke is directed. It's put on them to keep them from walking away. And it, it's directing them to do a certain action. Right? That's what the yoke is. In this case, it's the will of God for our lives. It's the will of God. So the yoke that we need to take upon ourselves is the will of God because it's not a heavy yoke because it doesn't take any effort to do. It only takes faith. Do, are we doing things 
Is there effort in the things we do? Oh, yeah, there's effort in the things we do. But the things we do don't bring us the blessing. The faith we have in him brings us the blesser who gives us the blessing. You've got to understand this concept because if you don't understand it, I'm not so sure you can call yourself a Christian because this is the very definition of Christianity. You have nothing to bring to God. You have nothing to bring to the table. You have nothing truly to offer him but yourself. Submit it to his will. Yourself. Open and able and willing for him to take control of our lives. Put us under a new yoke that is easy. Why is it easy? Because I don't have to try to get blessings from God. All I have to do is ask in the name of Jesus and he blesses me. Asking ye shall receive. It says it. So if you're asking and not receiving, I think you might have your priorities wrong. I think that your faith is not right. What you should be seeking on a daily basis more than anything else is to know Jesus better than you knew him when you woke up that morning. That should be your pursuit. You, the word of God will tell you who he is. These songs we sung today, you heard Jesus in it over and over and over again because what the world needs is Jesus. What you need is Jesus. Do you need his blessing? I'm sure. But if you're not getting his blessing, you're still getting Jesus. Amen. What do I mean by that? Well, if it looks like your ship is going down, at least I'm going down with Jesus. I love that story of the, the lady that was traveling from California to New York, I believe it was. It exemplifies what I'm, I'm trying to say right now. She's in an airplane, all of a sudden they hit a lot of turbulence. The turbulence is so bad that it causes a great deal of alarm. The pilot knew the plane could go down. So he gives everyone instruction to put their heads down and uh, grab their knees so that they don't get jerked around. Get in your seat. Make sure your seat belt's on. You know, we're going through some turbulence. He didn't want to uh, scare them or anything. He didn't want them to be alarmed. He just told them to do this just in case something went wrong for their protection, right? Everybody did it except one lady. She sat there as calm as could be looking out the window as the plane was being uh, pushed to one side to the other. She just was as calm as could be. A gentleman with his head down between his knees looks over and he sees this sight and he doesn't understand what's going on. Everybody is scared and you can hear people expressing their fear on the plane. Not her. <clears throat> so when finally the pilot says, okay, we've gotten through the turbulence, return to normal, you can take off your seatbelts, move about the cabin. So this gentleman was so curious, he went over and sat beside the lady and said, Ma'am, <clears throat> I don't understand what I just saw. Aren't you afraid of dying? <clears throat> Planes go down. People die. We were in a dire situation there. And she says, Well, I kind of look at it like this. I have a daughter that died, and she's in heaven. 
and I have a daughter in New York. I figured I'd see one of them today. That is a person whose will is totally in the hands of God, who has surrendered their life to God. You know what our problem is? We are under a heavy load because we're not surrendered to God. It's what it says in this very passage. Let's read it carefully, okay? It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What are we to learn about him? For I am meek and lowly in heart. So what's that mean? <clears throat> that just means that he's humbled. <clears throat> What do we do on a daily basis determines what we are. It's what you're doing that determines what you are. If you're stealing, that makes you a thief, right? What you're doing makes you what you are. So a person that is surrendered to the will of God, there's no need to whine and complain. A lesson we all must learn. There's no need to whine and complain. And in fact, if you go through a situation and you're whining and complaining, you haven't turned to the Lord yet because if you do, then you'll stop your whining and complaining. Okay? We all have to go through that. We all have to learn that my faith wasn't where it was. And it was a bad situation that brought it out, that exposed it. Okay? So here we have these unpleasant circumstances that occur in life how we respond to that determines if we are truly yielded to God. Because if something bad's happening, we just say, okay, you must allow it. You must be allowing it because I know this much. You said I will never leave you or forsake you. So my message last week is one who is greater than Solomon is here. And guess what? That wasn't just for their knowledge. That's for you because one greater than Solomon is here, and it's not me. Jesus is here. He's right in your midst, whether you recognized it or not. But part of faith is recognizing that he's with you. Part of faith is realizing he hasn't left you. So when storms come, he's still there. Even if he's not relieving your storm, he's still there. If he wants you to go through the storm instead of stilling the storm, that's his will. If you're truly humbled and yielded to God, you have taken his yoke upon you. I will go through this trial and tribulation. I will go through this illness with Jesus. So what, can you, what will happen if you truly are submitted to God? Your illness will bring praises to the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If this is what you want for me, glory to God. Hallelujah. Because I know in any moment, at any time, if I'm yielded to you, I can start receiving healing. Problem is, we don't get our prayers answered because we're not meek and lowly, because we have our own yoke. You know, this whole message was given to me based on one word, and I haven't even gotten to the word. That word is diligence. Diligence, okay? Listen to this. This is the definition out of Merriam-Webster dic- Dictionary. Steady, earnest, and energetic effort, devoted, and painstaking work, an application to accomplish 
an undertaking, okay? And what's the other undertaking we should have accomplished? Huh? What is it? Well, not just healing, knowing Jesus. That is what we should concentrate on every day. That's our focus. But it must be steady. Even to, if it's painstaking, what's it mean? Well, when you go to God, what you're seeking is to know him personally so you want to enter into his presence. Of course, we know you have to have faith in what Jesus did on the cross to enter into his presence. You must believe that your sins are washed away Every time you repent, believe that Jesus washed them away with his blood, guess what you got? You got access to the throne of God. He tells us that we should be sitting in the th throne room of God. Amen. Yep. Sitting in heavenly places. Are you sitting in heavenly places? Not while you're moaning and groaning and stuff like that. You're actually sitting with Satan, who's the biggest moaner and groaner ever created. So we can listen to Satan or we can listen to God. And what bears out which one we're doing? How we react to circumstances of life. Everyone has to admit, well, I didn't react very well to that. When you don't. But if you're still in peace, when you're going through problems, I know one thing, you got your eye on Jesus. And we, we sang the song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon him. But here's the thing. Being diligent means you keep your eyes upon him. Now, that definition is talking about work, too. So this is what I'm going to say to you. I see so many people, some who claim to be Christian, some who reject the, the truth. I, I, I see so many people. Yet yesterday, I saw a good example of a person who basically is diligent in their work. I was driving down a road that led to a local town here, and I saw off to the left a Mennonite lady in her, her dress with her prayer cap on, her, you know, that, that certain color dress that they generally wear. She was riding a lawnmower, a riding lawnmower cutting grass being very diligent. I saw what she, she was uh, mowing there. My goodness, it was crazy how much she was mowing or had to mow. And I was looking at that, and I saw that's a good example of diligence. You're getting to it, and you're sticking with it until you reach the goal. We should do that every day with everything we have. And I'm telling you that if you don't Get up in the morning and make yourself productive all day long. That's not living. We love to play more than we love to pray. We love to play and then with a little bit of time spend some time with Jesus. 
That's the problem. You are not meek and humble. You are not like Jesus. If you are not constantly in motion doing his will. We love playing. We love doing what makes us feel good about ourselves when we should be doing something that makes us feel good about Jesus. And there's one thing that can make you feel good about Jesus. Knowing him. Which means if you know him, you'll obey him and his work in your life will be done. Constantly. Being available to God to do his work. That's what we need to do. You hear that. So we need to stop playing and start getting on our knees and asking God to give a consistency of communion with him. Communing with him all the time. You'll find peace. It's, whenever I'm out of that communion, there's no peace. There's agitation. But then I realize I need to get back in communion with God. That was my problem. I got out of communion. So your goal is to know Jesus. You can't know him if you're not communing with him. You're not spending time with him. That you're not yielded to him. We do things to make ourselves feel good about ourselves. That's called pride. When we should be doing what we, we are doing to make ourselves feel good about Jesus. And then when you call upon him, oh Lord Jesus, I'm sick. But I know this. You are my healer. I found out the last time I was sick. You are my healer. You're my healer. Oh, Lord, I'm lost. But you're my Savior. You're my shepherd. Turn every time and in every situation you find yourself to Jesus and say, you're my whatever. Fill in the blank because he's everything to you. He's all. He alone is the answer to all your questions. He is the loan, the solution to all your problems. And then it's, it says this real clear. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take his yoke upon you and now you'll know what life really is. You can practice it practically. Getting up in the morning and saying, okay, I'm going to be productive all day long. Everything I do will be productive no playing I'm not a child anymore productive for myself and for others and then you start learning the servant spirit being available for others in need even if you don't have a need but even if you do have a need sacrificing meeting your own need to meet the need of another now you know Jesus because that's what he did that's who he is. All I need to know is Jesus. I need to be with Jesus. I need to accept him as my savior so he can save me. My healer so he can heal me. My deliverer so he can deliver me. My prince of peace so I can live with peace. And he can give me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Everything you need he is, and he has.
Get to know him, and you get what he has. Because you are a joint heir with Christ. Which means what he has, I have. I have it available to me. Amen? Come get some. As the song plays, the altar's open. Come allow the Lord to build your faith. Here in these altars, even more. Praise God.